BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, Orgasm Control, Honey Boobs, and Dom Drop. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Here we are on episode 363, and today on our Kink A to Z, we are on the Orgasm Control, which starts with the letter O. Oh, mm, Orgasm Control. We have not practiced <laughs> a lot of Orgasm Control lately, but not we lately. certainly did in the past. It was one of our things. We could, and we could do it again. I like it. I like it a lot. That's very interesting <laughs> that you like it. We'll have to talk about why you like it shortly. Indeed. Hey, you're sounding kind of perky. I, it is purely an illusion. <laughs> purely an illusion. It is a Monday night, and we are just back from our, uh, our other lover, Canada. Canada. <laughs> yes. Uh, where we go, uh, where we actually just took a little vacation. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, it yeah. was your birthday yesterday. We had a little vacation time. It was. So, and um, yeah, we were just up there a couple of weeks ago, and we were up there a couple of years ago, same place, southern, southern Ontario, and um, we decided to go check it out again and just chill, make sure the hotel had Wi-Fi, since we have PXS in three days, and four days, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we had to have Wi-Fi so that we could take care of anything that came through by email, but there was nothing we had to physically be in town for. So we took a little drive. And for those that are interested in visiting the um, Canada, uh, Chatham-Kent was nice mm-hmm. enough. St. Thomas was a surprisingly little bit of a crap shack. Mm-hmm. And Port Stanley was quite pleasant. Port Stanley was really nice. I bet it's kind of empty in the wintertime because it's a little port town off of Lake Erie, but... Uh, it was nice. It was nice to drive around, and it's, yeah, it's just quiet and pleasant. Mm-hmm. Quiet and pleasant, and we quiet like that stuff pleasant. on occasion. Yes, we hey, do. And we got to spend a little bit of time with Crazy Heart and Ruby from the People of Kink mm-hmm. podcast, who are also we Canadians. Did. They were very kind and uh, drove an hour or so to come out and visit with us. We appreciate that. Right. So, had a good time. Absolutely. Good stuff. Now we're back. And back on track, because we missed last week's podcast. So we have and to we're do probably going to miss next week's podcast, or at least it'll be late, because you and I will be uh, doing the Power Exchange Summit in Indeed. just, as you said, four days. So, And it's all come together. We sold out earlier than normal, and all the vendors are there, all the presenters are ready, everybody's excited. So it's going to be a great weekend. Our question of the day might be related to this, although we've in the past, we've talked about sub drop, we've talked about event drop, but someone wrote in and asked, is there such a thing as dom drop? They did indeed. So they were actually curious about it. So Dan, as a dom, (laughs) do you believe in or experience dom drop yourself? Uh, I do not. I do agree it is a real thing. I do agree that there is such a thing as Dom Drop. Um, I get Event Drop, mm-hmm. and I the closest thing I get to Dom Drop is Event Drop, now that I think about it. I don't really get Dom Drop. There is such a thing. I don't get it, though. Um, 
You don't need to be cuddled afterwards. You're no. just the opposite. No, aren't no, you? I'm just the opposite. Yeah, because I like to be cuddled. You're like raring to go. So, and I think, I think, I wonder if you just get really fed with playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a way of um, absorbing energy so sort of thing. So, describe sub drop to me. Sub drop? Sub drop's very emotional for me. I mean, I can be tired, but I can be going okay and then just kind of feel depressed. So, for me, it's a depression and it's a. Nobody likes me and life sucks and why do I do this if I'm going to feel like this and, you know, just things like that. I get in a really low energy, low emotional, low physical, everything is just low. And it's usually about two days Mm -hmm. after an event, two days after a heavy scene or two days after really heavy power exchange with you where we've really been in the headspace. So I think it's chemical because it cycles right back around. So I'm going to say, yes, there is such a thing as Dom Drop. Ask somebody else about it. I don't experience you it. You don't get it. So What we do get, though, and so seriously, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and fuck around and say, yo, here's all the solutions, the things I don't experience. Right. One of the things that I really enjoy about uh, Living MS, the book that we published a few years ago, is it's, it's a reflection of our experience. It's mm-hmm. not research. It's not academic. It's our experience. I have no experience with Dom Drop onward ho. There we go. I do have experience with orgasm control, which we will talk about shortly. <laughs> uh, one of the things that caused me to control my orgasm is Jennifer sent me some food on boobs. And what she sent me was simply a drop of honey on a boob. That was just a wonderful picture, and that was pretty damned hot. I hope she got somebody to lick it off. I hope she got... Was it her boob? I don't know for a fact. Oh, uh, she, I do not recall her saying, this is my boob with a drop of honey on it. Come lick it. Where, come <laughs> uh, Wherever you are, come over here now and lick this. But mm-hmm. I'm getting myself hot. <laughs> I noticed that. And I see you that you, uh, <laughs> I see that a, uh, you've got Snaga from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she sent me a really long email. And um, part of that email was um, two links, mm-hmm. tentacle links. It's been a really tentacle weekend. You know that? It has been. So, so in case you're curious what Dawn gets for her birthday, it's tentacles. It is. So uh, Ruby got me a tentacle necklace and Karen got me a tentacle necklace and Bat got me a little purple stuff, tentacle stuff thingy that's probably going to go in my car. Have you uh, pinged her yet to say thank you for that? I have not. Is she so. kind of... So uh, Slave Bat came and kept an eye on our cat this weekend while we were gone, uh-huh. and she stealthily put it in there. I noticed she, that she put it over by the PlayStation 4 controllers. <laughs> I assuming that. that's where we would go, I suppose. For... Instead, we jumped right on Minecraft because yes. we had a six-hour drive, and we were kind of itching and so... Needed something needed, different. Needed something. So, um, so... At the same time, Snaga from Sweden sent me um, a picture of like it was really beautiful lips on a pair mm-hmm. on a, a pair of lips on a woman, but there was three little tentacles coming out of her mouth and draped over her lower lip. And artistically, artistically, almost it was beautiful, mm-hmm. almost until you realize that those tentacles are attached to something that is sitting in that woman's mouth. <laughs> And then I can't do it. Yes. <laughs> it's just not my form of tentacles. But the second link went to a, a Cthulhu wreath. Someone mm-hmm. had made a Cthulhu Christmas wreath. So you know those little pink finger tentacles that I have yes. that, that people give me? Uh-huh. They took those, and I don't know if they bought them green or if they spray painted them green or what, but they put all those little finger tentacle thingies all over this wreath. 
and then put red ribbon around it, and it was oh. a Cthulhu wreath. Well, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> so that was cute. Uh, speaking of Snaga from Sweden, apparently um, she wrote you a really interesting comment about mm-hmm. the, um, how we were there for them when they first got together via the podcast, right? right. They were listening to the podcast when they first got together, which right. was... Five years ago. Yeah. She said they didn't have any role models, but they started listening to our podcast five years ago. And, you know, so I guess we were kind of the the uh, pseudo role models or mm-hmm. the role models or the role models in standing. I don't know. But uh, it's just it just struck me that it was like five years ago. Wow. Well, for one, I wrote her back and congratulated her. You guys made it five years. Mm, sure. Sure. Sweet. We were there five years ago. I guess the podcast has been going on for six it's just, I know that logically, it just really hit me emotionally. So, mm-hmm. but uh, congratulations. That Yay. is pretty neat. Absolutely. It is. it is. I'm glad we could be there. I'm glad some of our hurdles and bumps and bruises and joys and everything help some people out. So. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, when we were speaking with Crazy Heart and Ruby over the weekend, they mentioned that um, somebody would listen to the Power Exchange Intensive that we did up in uh, uh, London, London. Mm-hmm. not too long ago. And that brought them to tears, just seeing the relationship that we have. Um, and that was pretty neat as well, although mm-hmm. not that I'm happy to bring people to tears, but I don't think they were sadness tears so much as um, tears of things that can be. Things that can be, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people look for this. We got lucky, but we also put in a lot of hard work. Oh, absolutely. So, a lot of hard work. But awesome Awesome. So five years. Keep it going, guys. It's worth it. (laughs) Um, As if we don't, you know, we used to say we only have four listeners. Well, apparently we have at least more than that now. And we're actually breaking our (laughs) listeners into a new demographic. (laughs) Apparently, uh, Sushi (laughs) Sushi Girl has a beagle that listens to us. Yes. Now, um, I think that that's probably Sushi Girl's beagle listens to for Ginger. Who is not around tonight. She's not around tonight. Boy, she was heavy in the last podcast, wasn't she? Yes, and the, the cat's uh, quite happy that the dog is not around. I thought the cat was going to be making a lot of noise tonight. She started out at the beginning climbing all over shit. She knows, when, man, when we go traveling and then come back home, I'm glad Karen keeps the dog for one extra night. Because mm-hmm. that cat goes crazy. Yeah. I'm going to have... I'm going to have a claw in my forehead again tonight. (laughs) The cat likes to sleep on my head when we come home Mm -hmm. and put a claw in my forehead and dare me to move. (laughs) I don't do things with cats. She's not allowed to dom me. My cat is dom... Well, I guess that's normal. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I do want to... So do you recall the... When we first got started with the whole orgasm control thing? Do I remember? You know, it was probably right off the bat. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it was right off the bat. So did we do the noise control first or the orgasm control? I don't remember the very beginning. Hmm. No, I don't recall the noise control as the much. Whole, yeah, the whole being loud. Yes. I was used to being quiet. Which is the opposite of noise control of, like, I'm trying to keep you quiet. I'm trying to keep you loud. Right. Well, orgasm control can be the same thing. I mean, you're controlling whether somebody does it or somebody does it over and over and over and over and over again. Good point. Now, when we're talking about orgasm control today on the podcast, we're talking about or uh, extended periods without orgasm. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned, as we were talking beforehand, it's not we're not great at experts in this area but we do have our own experience and some stories that we can share then i do remember the beginning because Mm. i think the beginning was um we did a lot of study in tantra and sacred sexuality 
So do we start with the not having an orgasm for 30 days? I mean, we had play, but we didn't have right. orgasms for 30 days so that we could feel that energy. Mm-hmm. Was that the beginning of it? It I wasn't think it, SM I at all? Actually, it was before that. When we, you was and it? I first started, very, very first started. Um, like in the soccer park? Fucking around. In the soccer park. <laughs> at lunchtime in the front seat of the car. <laughs> yes. One of the things that I did was to avoid orgasm for myself. Now, this is another... I remember that. Um, you know, people think about orgasm control normally. They're thinking about not letting the submissive or the bottom have mm-hmm. an orgasm. Um, in this case, I avoided orgasm as part of my own path. I remember that, and I kind of took it personally. Because... Um, a lot of people end goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the goal is the orgasm. And if you don't help the other person come to orgasm, you've failed. So I kind of took that personally when you told me that you were on that path and that was the goal. And it probably had partly to do with the fact that you didn't want me to think that the only reason you wanted sure. me was for sex. Yep. So if you denied me your orgasm and it became natural that that was okay and I got used to that being okay, that that wasn't in goal, Mm -hmm. then I started to realize that's not why we were together. Right. I mean, literally, you you were not taking me to the soccer park to play around so that you could pop a nut. Right. Is that how they say it? Pop a nut? Could be. Could be. We're not that hip. Crack a nut, pop a nut. Crack a nut, pop a nut. I don't don't think it's crack a nut. Let's not even try (laughs) crack a nut. Um, One of the things for me was that, as you had mentioned, just – demonstrating that I wasn't run by my, by my orgasm. Now, see, I'm one of those, con- you know, I've mentioned before, I'm a, a control enthusiast, and that includes control over myself. I don't want to be run by my own desire, by my own need to have an orgasm. Um, so for me, part of it was my own, part of it was to demonstrate to you that an orgasm wasn't the intent of our relationship. Part of it was to demonstrate to me that orgasms, don't drive me in my behavior as well. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. And I liked that um, my orgasm wasn't always your goal. Mm-hmm. You know, the power exchange was more important. The building up the energy and the pleasure was more important than even me having an orgasm. And I've, I've done that with uh, you and other people as well that I've been sexual with to say, look, mm-hmm. I don't really. And if you do this as part of your power exchange Mm-hmm. a scene to say, look, whether you come or not, it's not really important. Right. Um, and to, to live with that uh, and to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Now there's plenty of times when I'm in a, with a partner where their orgasm is important. I mm-hmm. want them to have an orgasm. Most of the time you and I play, I want you to have an orgasm, but there's certain many times where, or, you know, where it's like, you're not going to come and, or you just don't come and we just stop anyway. Right. We've done that many nights in a row mm-hmm. where we would have, intercourse right and simply stop before either of us came and i'd roll off you and i'd say okay i'm going to sleep good night Mm -hmm. and that actually became what happens when you do that is you wake up the next morning as if you've been making you know you've been doing foreplay the whole time and you go through that entire day and sometimes days upon end where you continually charge yourself sexually and you you're um as um Vincent Vegas would say, you know, you're like a motor being pushed into the red. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it happens if you push a motor into the red too much, it explodes. Right. <laughs> so we would go for days, um, weeks, we, yeah. but I don't think I'll say more than weeks. And then when you do have an orgasm, it's this huge monstrous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also doesn't take a long time to recover from it as well. Right. Um, 
So that's pretty interesting. And we have other orgasm stories to tell as well. Uh, one of the things that gives me an orgasm is when we have new subscribers to the newsletter. Ooh, you can subscribe to the newsletter by... How do we just subscribe to the newsletter? It's on the website, isn't it? It's on the website. They'll find it. <laughs> so there's a link on the website at eroticawakening.com. Kathy Katie from New York is one of those new subscribers. Mm-hmm. Amy Submissive from Panama. And Chris from California. Nice. East Coast, West Coast, South Coast. There you go. So, though I have not been good with getting the um, newsletter out, so with PXS coming up... Most of my time is wrapped around that and Minecraft. See, you end up getting the shout out without having to get the actual newsletter. Uh, if you have a question you'd like us to not answer, you can get a hold of us in a variety of ways, such as Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or there's a variety of ways of getting in touch with us on the web page, like through um, FetLife at Erotic Awakening. Two words, look for us as the owners, and you'll find our names. It seems to be how a lot of people get in touch yep. with us is through FetLife. So, or Twitter at Dan and Dawn. So, do you practice orgasm control with anybody that's not me? No. On a reg- yeah. No, neither do Mm-mm. I. Right? That's, it's, um, now I've practiced orgasm, as personal orgasm control for, like saying I have a goal, I want to go a month without having an orgasm, mm-hmm. which impacts uh, either my, either another partner of mine, mm-hmm. or uh, impacts you or could impact one of the things you don't want to do or at least I didn't want to do for my own experience is to avoid orgasm by avoiding sex the two right. are separate entities they I, are oh, separate this is very important boys for the boy or male bodied people that are going to try this there is some Taoist belief that if you practice this orgasm control you don't allow yourself to orgasm um, it does allow you it does creates anger now whether there's a a physiological background testosterone blah 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 i don't know but i certainly found if nothing else blue balls to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. is that a real thing it is absolutely a real thing when you push yourself close to orgasm and don't come uh there there is some stress there is some discomfort okay uh, there's some specific uh, circular breathing techniques that you can do to relieve that stress uh which really it's stop having the sexual stuff for a moment and um just a really brief view of how to do this breathing technique is uh you picture breathing into your penis you know you breathe in and you picture this energy from your pe- <laughs> it's so fun to speak this way uh from your cock being rolled through across your back up your spine through your head Oh, like a microcosmic orbit. Absolutely, absolutely. It's much more complex than I'm going to... I'm not going to go deeply into it. I will recommend a book or two. Um, the Multiple Male Orgasm by um, M. Cho is the last. C-H-A-U-U. I can picture it, too. I can picture it. I may go grab it and stick it in the show notes. That's where this particular technique comes from. But it's really interesting because watching you when you go through those um, practices and the energy that builds up is just really neat. Do you get hyper aware? Yes, absolutely. I know I do. When you limit mine and I can't orgasm and and um, I get very hyper mm-hmm. aware, all the energy is buzzing in me and it's it's really kind of neat. I can, I'm hyper aware of how close I am to people, of, um, you know, just 
it feels like I'm touching the hairs on their skin when I'm not yeah. and things like that. So very hypersensitive and hyper aware. Do you like find, it. do you find that if, uh, after practicing, um, orgasm denial, we'll mm-hmm. say also control we're, we're talking about denial in this case, that it's harder to make you come when it is time to come. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another challenge that something else to be aware of, which may or may not, you can play with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So, and I also, yeah, but through all of this practice now, do you think, um, well, coming on command, that's orgasm control as well. Absolutely. So, but, the, but that's the, the other side of the coin. We're more mm-hmm. focused on the denial aspects of it. Yeah. Orgasm on control is another aspect that you and I practice. Mm-hmm. Although it is not contrary to, or maybe some people really do do this. It is not sitting across the room and giving you a keyword that makes you come. It is more along the lines when we're playing, um, preventing you from orgasming until we the, our little ritual of you asking and I give right, you permission. Right. Sometimes I give you permission quickly. Sometimes I don't. And sometimes you hum in a certain place, and I take that as an okay. <laughs> yes. And and we had to learn that uh, if you are waiting for my response and my mouth is uh, engaged, engaged in something. <laughs> Uh, I do want to knock out really quickly before we continue with the orgasm control. A uh, couple notes really quickly. Uh, someone asked me the other day what we thought of the Age of Ultron movie. Mm-hmm. And I I told him what I thought about the movie. But I also realized that they're not listening to the Three Thumbs Up podcast on the Erotic oh. Awakening Podcast Network. If they were, they would have heard my um, less than kind <sighs> review of the movie. Yeah, but you're one of three. The other two of us were perfectly fine with that movie and had a good time. Yes, so so that's the three (laughs) thumbs up podcast entertainment from a polyamory perspective. Yeah, it's a very opinionated podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) At least it's short, but. Also, wanted to mention that Master JJ of Seattle, Washington won our Find the Tentacle contest and is going to win some handmade kinky crafts. Uh, He won with a 50% chance of winning. Which tells us that our listeners should head over there. And normally we tell you this at the end of the show, but I'm going to sneak it in there right now. Okay. That EA listeners can participate in the Find the Tentacle contest and win handmade kinky crafts by heading over to kinkcraft.co slash eroticawakening. While you're there, do some shopping and use the discount code DANANDON get 10% off of your entire order. Again, kinkcraft.co. And there'll be directions there on how to find the tentacles and be put into the contest drawing. Absolutely. So, awesome, awesome. I think it sounds like fun, man. It's all, this should be tea, tentacles. We're on our way to tea, I think. I know, but that's all we've been talking about is tentacles. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So the tentacle show all of a sudden. So speaking of tea, we're on our way to Trist shortly. You oh j- just to mention that real quick. Again, that'll be a situation where you and I actually are not presenting. We're just chilling. Right. But I couldn't stop talking about it on the way up to Canada. I feel like that's all I talked about. We had other things to talk about. PXS, blah, 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 the new space, erotic awakening, the books, everything. No, I talked about Trist. Why? Because it's a camping event. There's hundreds of people. We're not teaching. We've been there before. Lots of AIS staff, mm-hmm. and it's just an amazing event. So I'm hoping to help some people fulfill some fantasies and maybe get a couple of my own Always <laughs> fulfilled. Nice. So if anybody wants any hints as to what I'd like to do, feel free to write me. <laughs> and finally, before we wrap up our tentacle conversation, I see that crazy our tentacle hearts. tentacle conversation? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> or orgasm concentration, orgasm conversation. Uh, Crazy Heart is the uh, his People of Kink podcast is the official podcast of the Morpheus's Bonds Bondage Extravaganza. So, yep, which will be happening in four cities, four consecutive weeks, ending in Toronto on October third. With um, Crazy Heart's going to be the uh, the official podcaster, and he'll be podcasting live for three hours. So, I think that's pretty amazing for somebody that's on our network. Kudos. Absolutely. So, so, what else do you have to say about the orgasm control? You know, I don't... Just the fact that I totally enjoy it. From a, a tantric perspective, I like the energy that's built up through the foreplay. And I don't like having an end goal. Mm-hmm. So, to me, if there's no end goal, then it's all foreplay. And I just absolutely love that. The problem is when I tell that to somebody new, they take it as a challenge. Yes. And once it's <laughs> taken as a challenge, then it becomes all about the orgasm. Right. And that's just not creative for me. It's, it's not creative. Now it's, a, now it's an end goal. And I feel like I actually have a hard time having an orgasm. So I feel like a failure if they're working, 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 <laughs> right. and I'm just not interested in having an orgasm because my interest is on not mm-hmm. having it and building that energy. So I'd much rather have the power exchange. I'd much rather just have play. I just, yeah. So I'm a, it, it also, the orgasm control comes in handy because usually I'm a one and done. Right. Sort of girl. So when the orgasm's done, I'm done. And I wish the people I'm with wouldn't take it as a failure if I don't get there. Like I said, I actually enjoy it. It's not mm-hmm. a challenge. So. Yeah. I. One of the advantages to me. Um, now, I know that people are built differently. I am a one and done orgasmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no longer as young as I used to be. <laughs> uh, and I could use uh, right methods or something to avoid that, but it really doesn't feel fun. Um, I have... So for me to have an orgasm kind of is a nice way to end things, but it's a recognition that things are ending, yeah. right? Because it leads to an, uh, sleeping, nap. actually. <laughs> a nap, yes. Um, so for me, there's the advantage of the orgasm control is that we're going to continue to play. We're going to continue to do things longer. I really like the idea that I can slide my cock inside you mm-hmm. and hold it there or fuck you and just, okay, I'm going to pull my cock out now mm-hmm. and not fuck you anymore. Right. Um, or if I so choose to have an orgasm. Now, this doesn't mean, this is not a perfect science. Sometimes I come without <laughs> where my desire is to. I think I will last for four hours tonight. Oh, shit. There it goes. And oh, I must well. say that's hot, too, though. You imagine that. <laughs> that's hot, too. So it's, Another it's, thing worth mentioning, though, if you're going to practice some orgasm control, mm-hmm. um, it's a good idea to let your partner know and let your partner be your partner in that. Right, right. And not be attached to it. Actually, mm, yes. because yes, we, absolutely. we brought that up in um, Sensorama, Sacred Sexuality Sensorama, about how we do orgasm control and, um, you know, can go quite a while. And we haven't done this in a while. Um, it used to be a really neat thing for us, and we just mm-hmm. haven't done it for, in yep. a while. But, um, I mean, if it happens, it happens. And we had one couple in the audience that were like, okay, so we're doing orgasm control, but... You know, what happens if it happens? And now I've failed. And now I've, and it's like, oh my gosh, don't be so, don't, don't let that outcome. Don't yeah. be, don't be attached 
to the outcome. You know, if you want to give it a try, the whole playing every day like we did, Mm -hmm. playing for 20 minutes, being all hot and bothered but not having an orgasm, going to sleep next day, play for 20 minutes or whatever it is, you know, be hot and bothered, go to sleep. Third day, I mean, it's just going to be so hyper-aware and it's amazing. But um, they were so attached to the outcome and it really felt like they had failed and couldn't do it. And it's like, no, 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 man, if, if, if it happens, it happens. You want to try it yeah. again later, try it again later. And if you're doming, if you're the dominant power exchange scene where you're practicing, you're not letting your submissive come, um, and they do come, make sure that you let them know that, you know, it, it's really hot, that you got them so hot they couldn't control themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't let them feel like a failure as well. Right. Again, your body is kind of made to, when certain stimulations happen, you have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. We're playing with that control. Uh, but it, it, like you said, it's not a win, you know, it's not a it's failure not a situation. It's not a failure yes. situation. And, you know, sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's hard for me to have an orgasm. It could be my mind because I don't want things to be done mm-hmm. so early. I don't know. But there are times where it's like, oh, my God, tonight's going to be hard. Tonight's, I, I don't know that I'm going to get there. This feels really good, but I don't know I'm going to get there. Oh, fuck, where the hell did that come from? Bam. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you don't catch it in time. It's just because everything feels good. Either way, enjoy yourself. Indeed. Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with party immediately following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio the fourth Friday of every month. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday. Boy, they do a lot of stuff. <laughs> the Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the room at the Columbus Insight Center. Follow them on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can also catch both the Guilty Pleasures and the Monkey Cub Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. <laughs>